Chapter 15 Initiative and Self-Reliance The late Albert Hubbard defined the man with initiative as the one who did the right thing at the right time without being told. At this point it may be definitely stated that such a man would naturally be self-reliant. Such a man would not lean on his friends. He would stand up with them. He would be found fighting his own battles without crying for help. Once a cub reporter was ordered by his city editor to go and interview a certain man. After an awkward pause the youngster inquired, "'Where can I find him?' Smiling scornfully into his eyes, the city editor replied, "'Wherever he is.' This would seem to have been the start and finish of this youngster's newspaper career, but quite the reverse was true. He took the lesson well to heart, thus starting himself on the road to self-reliance. If he had repeated the offense it is likely he would have lost his job and also his nerve, thereby spoiling his chances for a successful career. The fact that he did not, but went on and made of himself a famous newspaper man, proves that he lost no time in developing initiative and self-reliance. There is no questioning the vast importance that these two words mean to all of us. Many a man who did not grasp the significance of initiative became a leaner for the rest of his life. Many a man also missed his chances by doing just as he was told and nothing more. His work ended there. In due course it is inevitable that such a man should become part of the great army of discontented ne'er-do-wells who helped to block the pavements in front of the loafing places. Hesitation, vacillation, and growing diffidence take the place of self-reliance. He falls to the bottom like a stone, and there he rests, a drag anchor in the mire. His job gets the best of him because he lacks initiative. Once stranded, he becomes an arrant coward, afraid of his own shadow. We must make our own opportunities, otherwise we are children of circumstance. What becomes of us is a matter of guesswork. We have no hand in compelling our own future. Diffidence is a species of cowardice. It causes a man's courage to ooze out at his toes faster than it comes into his heart. Such men often have big ideas, but having no confidence in themselves they lack the power to compel confidence in others. When they go into the presence of a man of personality they lose their self-confidence and all of the pent-up courage which drove them forward flies out at the window. Their weakness multiplies with each failure until finally the jig is up. Their impotency is complete. Very largely those who have big ideas to present expect to be taken in on them and to be given an opportunity to succeed along with their scheme. When a man becomes so unfortunate as to be unable through diffidence to explain himself, his big idea goes into the wastebasket and with it all of the hopes he has built upon it. Another nail has been driven into his casket of failures. To such a man all pity, but we will not allow him to escape until we have given him a pat on the back and pointed out the right road to travel. We mustn't preach to him or undertake to force him to do anything, but we will at least give him a helping hand and show him that there is a royal road to his goal.
This man needs, first of all, to build upon his physique. Perhaps he has a bad stomach and likewise bad teeth. Exercise, regular exercise, should be the first thing on his program. Fresh air, long walks, deep breathing, dumbbells, boxing, rowing, skating in season, and wholesome companionship day by day. In the long run, boxing will become his most efficient exercise. When a man can take a blow between the eyes and come back for more, he has begun to fortify his own combativeness. That is what he needs in life's battles, the nerve to come back for more after a slam on the jaw that would lay another man low. And when it's all said and done, and the exercise game has become a feature of his day's work, he must settle down to good plain food and plenty of sleep. There is nothing in all the world like these things combined for the upbuilding and upholding of health and courage. Our success is a matter of courage. A man who can steel himself to be knocked down and get up immediately afterwards and hand the other fellow a ripping punch has added to his own pep. All courage is of the same cloth, whether physical, moral, or spiritual. To build upon one is to build up the others, the human system being constructed on such a basis that if one part is affected, all the rest follow suit. A man who isn't afraid of a physical combat will readily match his wits with his fellow man. Physical training is therefore all important to initiative and self-reliance. Our natural aim is to make for ourselves a true personality that does not know defeat. When we come to an obstacle, we must be able to hurdle it. It is all very well to say that the longest way around is the shortest way across, but it doesn't sound like initiative and self-reliance. There is one thing about men who rely upon themselves. They make no excuses, nor do they puff up over victory. Posing for applause is as distasteful to them as standing for abuse. All they ask is a square deal and the confidence of their associates. If they fall down on a proposition, they get up and go at it again until success crowns their efforts. Such men have a way of turning defeat into victory. How immeasurably inferior to such a spirit is the fellow who whines and moans at every evil twist of fortune. He has no confidence in himself and nothing else to do except confide his woes to all who will listen to his cowardly story of defeat. Such men are least useful in the important work of this world. They are the humdrum hirelings, the dumb followers. The pitiful part of it all is that they could have succeeded had they but taken stock of themselves when the taking was good. But while there is life there is hope, likewise a chance. It is up to us. One of the startling things about men of initiative is the way they come forward in times of trouble. We don't have to point to Andrew Jackson in the War of 1812. We can look around us. Take, for example, a great fire. Haven't we often read of the brave firemen who sprang forward and by doing the right thing instantly saved a multitude of lives? Well, such a man is possessed of self-reliance. He is trained for the hazardous life he leads. When the emergency arose, he was ready in a jiffy to do the work expected of him. It is safe to say that without training such men would have botched the job, and instead of being praised to the skies, would have sunk into oblivion under the heap of public scorn. 
Sometimes it happens that a man accidentally becomes a hero, but it was no accident that he was able to become one. He must have had initiative. He must have had self-reliance. Archibald C. Butt was such a man. He went down on the Titanic. The last act of his life was to help women and children into the boats and calm their minds as they were lowered away. Astor was of the same metal, both sublimely oblivious to the terrible fate which hung over them. Here was initiative and self-reliance in its highest form. And this sort of man is everywhere. The car in which we ride to work every morning contains one or more of them. Let something happen, and we will see them spring forward with a line of action already formed. At their word of command we automatically obey, and then when the worst is over a kindly voice reassures us and we go on our way rejoicing. What would the world do without these men? History is filled with the tales of heroes and heroines, and for every Joan of Arc there are thousands upon thousands who have done heroic things without a word of praise. Moreover, the really brave soul declines all ovation. No real hero claims reward. To have done the right thing at the right time is reward in itself. This quality of self-strength and self-dependence is not confined to any race of people, but in nations where personal liberty survives, initiative is at its best. Somehow, whenever the emergency, the man comes forth to do and dare. The Great World War, still raging as these lines are penned, has furnished untold thousands of examples of courageous action, enough to last until the end of human affairs, but they will go on and on in multiplied form, each day's score superseding those of the day before. It would be bully to know that we are doing our share in safeguarding the supply of initiative and self-reliance needed in this world. We must keep moving. The fellow who gets in a rut through lack of initiative finds that with advancing years it becomes harder and harder to get out of it, so that the best plan is to make the move now while there is time to succeed. When we come to think of it, there are plenty of positions in the world for the right man, and if we have something to say for ourselves that lends credit to our ability, we stand a chance for the job. End of chapter 15 Recording by Tom Weiss, Tom's Audiobooks.com